welcome to everyone tonight. And if you are a guest with us this evening, we are so glad to have you in service with us tonight. We welcome you. We are, we, we are so glad to have you here. And if you're watching us online, wherever you're watching us from, we welcome you and pray that you are touched by the presence of the Lord. And, and, and so let me, let me say this. Um, I don't mean this to sound unkind, but if, if you want a church that preaches some kind of watered-down, fluffy Christianity, there are dozens of them that you can find. This is not one. And by the help and grace of God, it will not be one. And I told you, I preached a couple of months ago, I think it is now, that I am old-fashioned. And I will continue to be old-fashioned. Now that doesn't mean there aren't some times that my flesh still doesn't struggle some with wanting to please people. But at the end of the day, to the best of my ability, I'm going to be fashioned by the Word of God. So if you're a guest here, and I see a few folks that I know this isn't your first time, but you've only been a couple of times, I, I, I just want to appeal to you because if I preach everything I feel like I'm going to preach tonight, I, I'm probably going to say a few things pretty strongly. And all I do is ask of you is, is to please try to sense my, my heart, my attitude, and, and what my burden and desire is. Because I, I trust that if you will do that, while my words may sound stern at times, I, I think if you'll, if you'll feel where I'm coming from, I, I hope that'll help. And, and uh, so I, I just make that appeal to you. I've I, I felt this, this thought or the the initial thought for several days now, and I found it very interesting this morning. If you were in service this morning, then you're aware of this. I don't know when the last time I've, we've had somebody preach that referenced angels so much. And and I, I, I do my best to not seek for confirmation of what God gives me because I feel like that's that's... If, if I've got to have a confirmation for everything I preach, then, then there's something wrong with me. And so I, I try not to ask for that. But every now and then, it's nice when you get it. And, and so, uh, I, again, for several days, this, this, this verse and then the things God added to it. And so as I listened to Brother Robles preach this morning, um, it was just a further witness in my spirit. So if you would turn to 1 Corinthians 11, I will begin reading with verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Would to God you would ye could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. That's 2 Corinthians. I really did mean first. I knew something was off there. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. 
Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head, not his head, his head. I, I don't want to get in, I don't, if we got to get in some big debate here, then so be it. But taking your hat off to pray and in service, etc., is not an American cultural respect thing. It's a Word of God thing. I have no problem with a guest, a male guest, sitting in this sitting in a service with a hat on. I don't want the ushers telling them to take it off because we we respect them. But a born again child of God, a male child of God, praying, worshiping with a hat on. I told you I'm old fashioned. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. For the woman be not covered. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. If it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. For as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Why, well, I, I bet the, the, the feminists go nuts over that. That's not telling us that men are better than women. Not at all. I don't have time. If you don't understand it, I'd be happy to sit down and explain it to you. <laughs> Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. The Living Bible says, verse 10, this way, So a woman should wear a covering on her head as a sign that she is under man's authority, a fact for all the angels to notice and rejoice in. The New Living Translation says it this way, For this reason, and because the angels are watching, a woman should wear a covering on her head to show she is under authority. For this reason and because of the angels. I want to preach to you tonight. My title tonight is Because of the Angels. Because of the Angels. Father, thank you for your awesome presence that we have felt in this sanctuary tonight. Thank you for the work of your Spirit that we have experienced, that we have witnessed. I know, God, without any doubt that you have done some amazing things and some lives in this place already this evening. God, I pray you would continue your work in this service tonight, and I pray that you would do that through the ministry of your word, that you would speak to us tonight. 
God, I pray by your grace, don't let me say anything tonight that originates from me. Don't let me say anything tonight that is just my thoughts, my ideas. But I pray, God, by your grace, everything I say would be from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I trust you. I depend on you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I do not believe that we should be obsessed with angels. I do not believe we should spend our energy and efforts trying to interact, see, feel angels. Why would you do that when you have access to the God of the angels? You ever, you ever gone, you know, been in a place of business and you were talking to someone, you had an issue, and, and you, let me talk to your supervisor. Let me talk to the manager. Let me talk to the owner. I don't want to talk to somebody down here when I have access to the person that's in charge. So why would you want to get obsessed with angels and fellowshipping with angels when you have access to fellowship with God? So I, I want you to hear me at the outset this evening. I'm not here tonight, and, and this is not all this that will be to this message, as you will hear, but, but it it's obviously will be a part of the context. At the same time, we ought to acknowledge and believe that there are angels. In fact, I'll read you a few places of examples and a few things the Scripture says indicating that there are angels. And, and uh, I, I'm not going to apologize here this evening for believing in the supernatural. I'm not going to apologize for believing in God. I'm not going to apologize for believing there is a devil, not a figment of somebody's imagination. There is a devil. I believe that there are angels and there are demons. I believe all of that is just as real as what we can see. If you think that's crazy... Then, then so be it. But I believe the Word of God tells us clearly those things exist. So again, I, I'm not here tonight to promote that we need to get obsessed with angels and put our focus on angels. Our focus needs to be on God because God is the one that uses the angels for His purpose and His work. But again, there are angels that minister and work on our behalf. So in this passage, and many of you are familiar for some degree, for some reason or other with this passage, and especially with the regards to the hair, and I'm not here tonight to preach about that. That's not the, the focus, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not the, that's not the point of the, the message here tonight. But Paul kind of wraps this up to a degree in verse 10 and says, for this cause... The woman should have power on her head because of the angels. I said I didn't have time to explain it, but let me just go back for just a moment. Ladies, the reason there seems to be some things, especially when it comes to outward appearances and things like that, that seem to be more stringent on you than on the men, is because God chose the female to be the 
natural example of the church. And so that's why it's not about the man being greater than the woman. It's about the fact that God chose the female to be an example to the church. Because just as Paul is talking about the woman being the head of the man, as the church, Jesus is the head of the church. But he wraps all of that up basically by saying that you ought to do this because of the angels. I will tell you, there are some things in Scripture that are, I mean, they are absolutely nailed down to the core. I mean, not only are they clearly spelled out, but you can read Old Testament, New Testament, epistles, gospels. You can read all over the place that talk about that principle, expound on it, add to it. But, but I will tell you this phrase, because of the angels, is not one of those. In fact, if you were to study and read any of the commentaries on, this, on that phrase, what you would find is a lot of the commentators say basically what I just said. There's not really a whole lot of explanation on what that phrase means. So I say that to you because I, I want to be honest with you. I'm, I'm here tonight to the best of my ability to preach what I feel like the Lord has given me. And I, I would never want to twist something to just say something. You don't come up with a message and then find some scriptures to reinforce the message. So I, I, I just, I, I'm, again, I'm just, just, just trying to be up front, being honest with you. But to the best of my ability, I think there are some things that we can take away from that statement that I feel like based on other principles of the Scripture that it is, a, it is an accurate application of that phrase. Just as a quick side note, this really is not necessarily all that relevant to the message, but I... Just by way of example, you got to be careful when you go reading different translations of the Bible. And I do that. I read them. I've already read a couple of others this evening. The King James is not the King James version is not the divinely inspired version of the Bible. The original was divinely inspired. Now we may trust and believe in the accuracy of the King James for the most part, but the King James Version is not divinely inspired. But I will tell you, there are some liberties that are taken in other translations that are very concerning. And I will show you this just simply by way of example. Let me read to you again the King James Version of 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 10. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because... Of the angels. Can you put, do we have the message Bible? I think we can, do we have the message Bible? I think that's one of them we have. If so, will you put the message Bible up there? Same verse. It's a, sometimes the message groups a bunch of stuff together. So, uh, where is it? I don't see it on there. According to what I have in my notes, verse 10 of the Message Bible, maybe you'll see this up there and can help me. 
Listen to what, the, this, is, this is what the message, now remember, verse 10 in the King James says, For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. The message Bible says, verse 10, Don't, by the way, read too much into the differences here between men and women. Is that, and where's it at? Okay, there we go. Don't, by the way, read too much into the differences here between Paul has just spent several verses talking about the difference between the man and the woman, authority, submission, and then it says, but don't, don't put too much emphasis. What? If you think that's just minor and whatever, then... So, again, that was just, just an example. <laughs> because, because of the angels. You need to be mindful of this, Paul says, because of the angels. Paul's talking here about a veil, and I don't have time again to explain it all, but we believe that that for a woman, her hair is to be that veil, not the wearing of a physical veil. But just a little bit of an understanding or expounding on what is being said here. Barnes Notes says this, The wearing of a veil by a married woman was a token of her being under power. The Hebrew name of the veil signifies dependence. The wearing of a veil by a woman was signifying that she was dependent upon her husband. Just as you and I are dependent upon our husband. The church is the bride. He is our husband. We need to live with a dependence upon him. We are never striving to become independent of our need for Him. We are to acknowledge, I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I need Thee. There is to be a dependence. I don't think I really have to die to convince you that we are living in a crazy world. I don't think I have to convince you that it's crazier than it's ever been. And if you're here tonight and you are not trusting in the providence and the protection of God and His ministering spirits, you have lost your mind. If you are not living reliant upon God, the Lord is my shepherd. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. We need the protection of God. So Paul says, you need to do this because of the angels. And I think you can apply that there, that angels on both sides. 
angels as in the sense of God's angels and demons in the sense of the devil's angels. That because of the angels, you want to be submitted. Because of the angels, you want them to be able to recognize whose side you're on. There are some things that God is expecting out of us that is able to cause us to be recognized by the angels. I don't know about you, but if I'm in danger, I want the angels to recognize me. If I'm in a life-threatening situation, I want the angels to recognize me. If I'm in trouble, I want the angels to recognize me. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 13, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? What the scripture's saying here again is the angels are not equal to God. The angels are not on the same level of God. If I were to ask you tonight, who is the opposite of the devil? It's not God. God's on a level all by himself. He has no opposites. He has no opposites. If you want to talk about who is Michael and Gabriel's opposite, then you can talk about the devil. But when it comes to God, there is no opposite to God because beside Him there is no God. Beside Him there is nothing else. And so it says again, to which of the angels did He ever say, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? The Amplified says it this way, Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance, for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? I shared it, I forget which service last week, but I shared the experience we had about a little over a week ago at Apostolic Conference as we were sitting at a table for lunch on Friday after all of the sessions had been completed and we were sitting there and there was a gentleman that had been at the conference. I'd never seen him before. I'd seen some other people at his table and uh, he, he went out to the restroom and as we were the first table on the way entering and back from the bathroom and he stopped by the table and he started to just make what I thought was just small conversation. Where are you guys from? Annapolis? Pastor there? Yeah, thought so, whatever. I don't remember what all he said. Thinking, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the big extrovert here, so, you know, nice to meet you. You can, you can go now. And thankfully, he didn't go yet. Because he said, the Lord sent me over here to tell you. He got my attention then. When you walk in, the angel of the Lord is with you. He said, you may not feel it, but he's with you. In fact, he's with you right now. 
And the Lord told me everything's going to be all right. Tell you everything's going to be all right because the angel of the Lord is with you. Can I tell you, I, I hope you and I don't have to have somebody come tell us all the time. The angel of the Lord is with you. The angel of, because if I am an heir of salvation, if I am an heir of salvation, then I've got a promise that the angels are ministering on my behalf. Whether I feel them or not, whether I see them or not. Anybody in here ever seen, you know you've seen an angel? Anybody? A couple of hands. I knew there'd be a couple of hands. I've never seen one. I mean, well, I'm sorry. I live with one, but. Well, that's her name, Angela. I mean, come on. Hallelujah. My kids are all vomiting. I've never seen one. I've wanted to. I've been jealous at times of those of you that have. But at this point, I haven't. But I feel them. And I know when I feel them. And I believe. I don't have to feel them to know because I'm an heir of salvation. And I want them working on my behalf. But here's the deal. You better make sure they know you. Because as we heard this morning, you need to be known of the right kind of angels. We heard this morning, you are either a gate of heaven or you are a gate of hell. And I want the angelic heavenly host to recognize me when they see me. And I want those other angels when they see me to go, I know whose side he or he's on. I know who he belongs to. I, I back and forth with whether or not I was going to do this, so don't panic. I ain't going to do nothing inappropriate. Some of y'all may recognize this shirt from about seven, eight years ago. Though when I wore it then, I was talking about this house. But I'm wearing it tonight because I've come to tell some people in the Holy Ghost, you better protect this house. Because of the angels, you better protect this house. Because if there's ever been a day and time in which you want the angels to know you and recognize whose side you're on, it's today. Again, I'm not, this, this is not all about the angels, but you, you just got to make sure we're on the same page here. Adam Clark says this, all the angels, even those of the highest order, are employed by their creator to serve those who believe in Christ Jesus. What these services are and how performed it would be impossible to state. Much has been written on the subject, partly founded on Scripture and partly on conjecture. They are no doubt constantly employed in averting evil and, uh, and procuring good. If God helped man by man, we need not wonder that He helps man by angels. Anybody here tonight believe that God can help us by others? Yes. 
God can minister to us through other humans, then why can't He then do that through the angels? We know that He needs none of those helps. He's God all by Himself. For He can do all things Himself, yet it seems agreeable to His infinite wisdom and goodness to use them. This is part of the economy of God in the government of the world and of the church, and a part, no doubt, essential to the harmony and perfection of the whole. Angels ministering on our behalf. Matthew 18.10, Jesus says this, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. You know what? I believe you and I have a guardian angel. Not some little thing floating around on, with a harp and a few little wings on his back. I'd like to think mine's about seven or eight feet tall, built about like the rock. That's what mine's is. The rock after steroids. Oops. I'm sorry. Maybe all that's natural and normal. I'll... Yeah. That in heaven their angels do always behold the faith of my Father. Which do you understand? Again, I don't want to get I don't want to get too out there and make too much out of any of this. So by the help and grace of God, I'm going to stay in the book and be in alignment with the book. But that ought to inspire somebody tonight. If God says of those little ones, there's an angel that's always beholding His face on their behalf. That means you and I have got an angel that's keeping God's attention for us. If they know us. Oh Lord, let, 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 let me just 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 a couple of things here. Just to, for some of you, maybe for some of you that maybe not be may not be overly familiar with some examples in Daniel chapter ten, verse number twelve. The scripture says this: Daniel had fasted and prayed, and so finally the angel comes and he says, "The angel said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help." me and I remain there with the kings of Persia. You know what that tells me? Don't get discouraged because your answer hasn't arrived yet. Don't throw in the towel because victory hasn't come yet. There may be a spiritual conflict that's going on that you don't know about and while you may not be fighting there are angels that are fighting for you. Oh, hallelujah. Acts 12, verse number 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. 
And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And what's so awesome about this, as you can see in the rest of this story, they were praying for something they weren't even expecting God to really do it. Prayer was made without ceasing, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Why? Because? Because of the angels. Because they knew Peter. They knew who Peter was. Because Peter wasn't living on the fence. Peter wasn't trying to find the balance between one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And so the angel walks into a prison and says, I know who you are. I need you to get up quickly. We got to go. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. It was an automatic gate like the door at Walmart. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, He is outside of prison, delivered, and he still doesn't know what's going on. But when he finally comes to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now I know. And can I tell you tonight, you and I may never have the same experience Peter had. But that doesn't mean that the angelic host is working on our behalf any less than it was working on Peter's behalf. If you are known of God, if you are an heir of salvation, what is the importance of being known? It's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. Acts 19, we've heard about Acts 19 before. Acts 19, verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? 
You see, it's not good enough that you know that the devils are subject to his name. It's not good enough for you to know that Bishop might be able to bind a devil. It's not good enough for you to know that I might have the authority to bind a devil. And it's not good enough for you to use somebody else's authority. You've got to have your own. But to have your own, you've got to be known. You've got to be known by God. You've got to be known by the angels. And you've got to be known by the demons because if they don't know who you are and they think you might be on their side they're not going to listen I'm preaching to some people tonight. You're, you're wondering, why did you say all that dramatic stuff at the beginning of the message, Brother Wright? I don't, oh, here we go. Buckle up or unbuckle? Maybe you need to unbuckle because if you're buckled, you won't respond. If you're unbuckled, you can respond. If there's ever been a time to want to know, the angels know who I am. It's today. But do you think the angels, the ministering spirits of God, are hanging out with you while you're fellowshipping with ungodliness. Let me tell you something. I want to know every time I get in the car, I think I'm a pretty good driver. Most of you think you're a pretty good driver. And you probably are, and I probably am. But that doesn't mean everybody out there is a really good driver. So it's not about how much how good of a driver you are. It's about all the other crazy people out there. And we've all seen some crazy things happen on the highway. I'd like to know that God is with me. And I'd like to know that i got some angels that are with me. And so because of the angels, there's some things I'm not going to fellowship with. Oh, you guys have been in School of Tyrannus all week. Thank God for School of Tyrannus. But you want it to be sustainable? You want, to live, you want it to have longevity in your life? Then you need to hear what I'm preaching tonight. Because you can't just enjoy School of Tyrannus and then walk out of there and fellowship with whatever you want to fellowship, with whatever you think is okay to fellowship with. I've come to tell you tonight, and this isn't the only reason, but one of the reasons is because of the angels, you might want to be concerned with what you're fellowshipping with. Because if you're fellowshipping with the wrong things, the angels that should be on your side are going to step back. Oh, God loves me too much. He, oh, you just hang on. I'm, on, I'm, I'm the pastor, and I'm going to preach like the pastor. And I'm not trying to be unkind. If you don't like it, there's, I, I said it already. There is a plethora of options out there. And I'm sure you can find some place to go where they will never say anything that makes you upset. Although, no offense, if the things I'm about to say make you upset, you're the one that's got the problem, not me. Let me tell you something. You get in your car, you start blaring worldly music, there ain't no angels around.
Because they're not going to listen to stuff. They're not going to be in the presence of stuff that is contrary to the God they serve. You might listen to stuff contrary to the God you serve, but they're not going to be around. I, I did something. I didn't want to put this in my iPad, so I printed it out so I could throw it away later. I'm being serious. I'm not joking. I don't care what. I'm being serious. I did a, I did a look at the top, or I, I don't, I, the, the billboard.com. Five out of the top ten songs on billboard, or five out of, I'm, I'm going to read to you some lyrics from, from five of the top six songs on billboard.com that some of you probably could quote the lyrics. Now, I'm going to also preface, I'm 49. I'm 49, Brother Ellenberger. <laughs> don't care if it's my 50th year. I'm 49. I only got two months now to say that, two and a half. <laughs> but I'm proud to say at 49 and 10 twelfths, <laughs> I'm still a pretty naive guy. And so reading through this, there was a few things that I think I understood. What? was being referenced. So if I happen to still read some things that you're going, oh my God, I can't believe you'd read that, Brother Wright. Sorry, you know what it is and I don't. Kid Leroy, I guess that's how you say that. And Justin Bieber. The Justin... Oh boy. The Justin Bieber that is well known now for his great religious conversion. I hope God's doing something in his life. But there's some things that ought to change if it's the real deal. And when I read the F word in the lyrics of what he's singing, this is supposedly the number one song on Billboard.com right now called Stay. I do the same thing I told you that I never would. I told you I'd change even when I knew I never could. Know what I can't find, nobody, know, what I can, know that I can't find, nobody else as good as you. I need you to stay, need you to stay, hey, oh. Now watch this, I, I get drunk, wake up, I'm wasted still. I realize, I realize the time that I wasted here. I feel like you can't feel the way I feel. Oh, I'll be blank up if you can't be right here. I forgot to mark that out. Another whole line I got marked out because the F word. I do the same thing I told you I never would. Told you I'd change even when I knew I never could. Know that I can't find nobody else, blah, blah, blah. When I was away from you, I miss your touch. You're the reason I believe in love. It's been difficult for me to trust. Next line scratched out. Ain't no way that I can leave you stranded cause you ain't never left you because you ain't ever left me empty-handed and you know that I know that I can't live without you so baby stay. Ain't no angel sticking around when you're listening to that. Ain't no angel sticking around when you're listening to that. By the way, I got no clue. I, I know Justin B. I know who he is. The rest of them, I don't, I don't even know who they are. I'm not saying that boasting. I, I don't. Because I'm old-fashioned. 
Olivia Rodriguez, good for you. Well, good for you. I guess you moved on really easily. You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks. Remember when you said that you wanted to give me the world? Ah, and good for you. I guess that you've been working on yourself. I guess that therapist I found for you, she really helped. Now you can be a better man for your brand new girl. Well, good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me, if you ever cared to ask. Good for you. You're doing great out there without me, baby. God, I wish that I could do that. I've lost my mind. I've spent the night crying on the floor of my bathroom. But you're so unaffected, I really don't get it. But I guess good for you. Well, good for you. I guess you're getting everything you want. You bought a new car and your career's really taken off. I'm missing some ahs in there. It's like we never even happened. Next line scratched out because of the F word. And good for you. It's like you never even met me. Remember when you swore to God I was the only person who ever got you? Next line I won't read out loud. You will never have to hurt the way you know that I do. Oh, it's all right for us to listen to worldly music. Ed Sheeran, bad habits. Yeah, burn it. That's right. One, two, three, four. Oh, oh. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. I can feel the paradise before my world implodes, and tonight had something wonderful. My bad habits lead to late nights, ending alone, conversation with a stranger I barely know, swearing this will be the last, but I probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use or do. My bad habits lead to wide eyes staring at space, and I know I'll lose control of the things that I say. Yeah, I was looking for a way out. Now I can't escape. Nothing happens after two. It's true. It's true. My bad habits lead to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. My bad habits lead to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. My bad habits lead to you. Let's listen to this. Listen to this. Every pure intention ends with the good time, when the good times start. Every pure intention ends when the good times start. Falling over everything to reach the first time spark started under neon lights and then it all got dark. I only know how to go too far. I only know how to go too far. I only know, I don't know how to stop. I only know how to go too far. My bad habits lead to late nights, ending alone, conversation with a stranger I barely know, swearing this will be the last. Blah, blah, blah. Doja, doja, how do you say that? Ah, uh, y'all smart? That's good, that's good. Doja Cat featuring SZA. This is one of the ones I got to be really careful on. I got, I got two whole paragraphs crossed out because I ain't about to read it in this mic we hug and yes we make love oh is that after you said I do I don't think so of course that's okay fornication's okay I read Thursday night where it says it is the will of God it's not pastor and sister Angie and made to be pure it is the will of God that you flee fornication It's the will of God that if you're not married, you keep your hands to yourself. It's the will of God. We hug and yes, we make love and always just say good night. La, 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 la. 
and we cuddle. Sure, I do love it, but I need your lips on mine. Can you kiss me more? We're so young, boy, we ain't got nothing to lose. Oh, oh, it's just principle. It's just principle. It's just principle. Meaning, I have a right to ignore it. It's just, pr- it's just what the old-fashioned preacher preaches. Well, go ahead. But because of the angels, there's going to be some angels backing away, and there's going to be the wrong angels that are drawing near. We ain't got nothing to lose. It's just principle. Baby, hold me because I like the way you groove. Oh, oh. Let me tell you something. If you know this song and you know the next lyrics that are in there, God help you. God help you. Last one, if that's, if that's not enough. Take my breath by the weekend. I saw the fire in your eyes. I saw the fire when I look in your eyes. You tell me things you want to try. I know temptation is the devil in disguise. You risk it all to feel alive. Oh, yeah, you're offering yourself to me like sacrifice. You're offering yourself to me like sacrifice. There's only one that you ought to be presenting your body to as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable, and that is your reasonable service. You said you do this all the time. Tell me you love me if I bring you to the light. It's like a dream what she feels with me. She loves to be on the edge. Her fantasy is okay with me. Then suddenly baby says, take my breath away and make it last forever, babe. Do it now or never, babe. Take my breath away. Nobody does it better, babe. Bring me close to... That's enough. Because of the angels... Because if I'm about to be in a crisis, I don't want the angels backing away from me. I want this house to be protected. Because I want God to be at home in this house. And I want the angels of God to be working on my behalf as well. And so there's a lot of other reasons as well. But because of the angels, you ought to want your body to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Not defiled by any ungodly thing. So I guess what you're trying to figure out is how much of the world can I let in and the angels still know me? How much of the world can I fellowship with and the angels still be on my side? If you want to live with that kind of risk, go ahead. But I'm telling you, in these last days, I'm not interested in living on the edge and not making sure that God and the angels know who I am, know where I am, and they are ministering. On my behalf. I know some of you say, well, I don't, I don't listen to rap. I just listen to this. I just, I just listen to country. So just because it's with a twang and a guitar talking about fornication, it's okay. Just because it's with a country music talking about drinking and running around, it's okay. And there are basically 
Let me rephrase. There are hardly any songs. I'm not going to say there's none. But there's hardly any love songs out there that are referencing a godly relationship. I'm not talking about love within the confines of marriage. I'm talking about love outside, physical actions outside of marriage. Because of the angels, but not just the angels. Watch, watch, listen to what David prays. Psalms 27 and 9. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake, O God, of my salvation. Barnes Note says this about the phrase, hide not thy face. To hide the face is to turn it away with displeasure, as if we would not look on one who has offended us. The favor of God is often expressed by lifting the light of His countenance upon anyone looking complacently or or pleasedly upon Him. The reverse of this is expressed by hiding the face or by turning it away. The word far introduced by the translators does not the sense of the passage and so David's prayer is simply God don't hide your face from me because if you have hid your face from me you are hiding your favor from me if you've hid your face from me you are hiding your blessings from me oh Jesus you should have dismissed after overcomers not telling you folks we're living Paul told Timothy in the last days perilous times would come they're not I don't think we've seen the extent of the perilous we're going to see and it's not a time to be riding the fence folks it's not a time to be figuring out how much of Christianity do I have to have and how much of the world can I have how much do I have to sell out to God and how much can I still allow in my life we are in a day and time I believe more than ever before you need to present yourself as a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God as your reasonable reasonable Oh, come on, Brother Wright. It's ridiculous. It's unreasonable for you to think we shouldn't listen to worldly music. Okay. Then just go ahead and cut Romans 12 and 1 out of your Bible. Or 2, whichever one it is. Go ahead and cut it out. Because it's reasonable. It's reasonable. And some of you can't figure out why you just can't seem to get anywhere in your walk with God. Some of you can't figure out why it is from one week to the next. You're up and down all the time. You just can't seem to make progress and keep making progress. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, I'm preaching to you why. Because you're living a life that's a double standard. And there are times at which the angels and the face of God. Oh, Jesus. I should have let the praise team sing the next song they were going to sing. That would have been a lot of fun. Say, oh, come on. What? 
what would cause God to... He's a loving God. He's a just and a loving God. What would cause... He would never do that. Oh, really? Deuteronomy 31, 15. And the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud, and the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Brother Middle, can you imagine that? You're about to die. And God's final words to you. Not comforting words. Moses, you've done a great job. My people have been in good hands. Good things are coming, Moses. Okay, God, thank you. I can rest in peace. <laughs> Moses, when you sleep, they're going to rise up and go a-whoring after other gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them. And they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought. In that day they are turned unto other gods. Job 34 says this, 29, When he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hideth his face, who then can behold him? Whether it be done against a nation or against a holy man, I can cause God to hide his face from me the loving merciful God I can cause him to hide his face from me Isaiah says this chapter 59 verse number 1 behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear Isaiah is saying God still has the power and the ability to do what he's done before his arm isn't shortened that he can't do what he used to do. His ear is not closed so that he can't hear you. So what's going on? Why does it feel that way? Because your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Oh, somebody please hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight. There are some precious people in this place that you've been battling for a while now in your walk with God and really even for your soul. And I've come tonight. It may not be the answer that you want to hear but I've come with an answer for some of you some of you are trying to get God to bless you and help you and prosper you when you are still hanging on to the iniquity in your life he said I, I hid my face I turned away God is omnipresent he fills all space there is a difference between the presence of God that fills all space and the manifested presence of God. My wife is in the same room that I'm in right now. We're in the same room. 
But there's a big difference between me standing up here and being in the same room with her versus me being beside her and being able to touch her. There's a big difference. And while God may be in the same room with you, that doesn't mean you've got his attention. That doesn't mean his face is on you. You think God's sitting there beside you in your living room when you're watching fornication? You think God's sitting there beside you in your living room when all kinds of profanities coming out of your TV? I used to preach this way. Used to. I think I've let the spirit of Jezebel get a hold of me. So I'm going to shake it off a little bit tonight. You want to sit and argue about what's okay to listen to, what's okay to watch? Just please tell me that you think God's sitting there. You think God's sitting there with His face towards you when you're listening to that garbage I just read? You think God's sitting there in the living room with His arm around you watching fornication and adultery and all kind of depravity on the screen in front of you? No, He's not. But as we heard this morning... God may withdraw, but when God withdraws and with the angelic host of heaven withdraws, it creates a vacuum that something is going to fill. Something's going to fill it. The Bible tells us about an individual that that cleaned out the house, had a demonic presence and cleaned out the house, but the problem was they didn't put anything in its place. And the house didn't stay empty. But it wasn't just the same demon that came back. That came back seven times greater. So here's what some of you do. Sunday night, you come down here and you empty out. You empty out. You empty out. God, I'm sorry. God, I want to change. And you get up on Monday and you stay empty. You get up on Tuesday and you stay empty. But you're not going to stay empty for very long. Something is going to fill the emptiness because you and I were created as a container for something to fill. And it is is either going to be God, His Word, His principles that is going to fulfill, that's going to fill it, or it's going to be the devil and lust and ungodliness. But something... Oh, Jesus. Something is going to fill it. And the problem is this. God is not going to fight to fill your space. The moment you open it up to Him and welcome it in, welcome Him in, He's going to come in without reservation. But if you're going to have other tenants living in your house, If any of you have done this, I know I've heard a couple of you that have talked about doing it. I don't know if you ever did it or not, so I don't mean to be offensive with this. But we've now, several times now, uh, a good number of times, we've used Airbnb when we've traveled. But there's a way some people do Airbnb that, as a host, I'd never do it. As a guest, I'd never do it. In fact, I'll just tell you this story. 
first-hand experience. Back last year when Brother Hurt was coming the first time, felt like he was going to be here for a little while. Hotels aren't cheap. Plus, if you're going to be at some place for a couple of weeks, hotels are not the most comfortable. So I got on Airbnb, started looking around in the area, and I found an Airbnb. Pictures looked great. Price was great. thought, man, this might work. Well, this isn't really Airbnb policy. In fact, their policy is contrary, but I reached out uh, to the to the to the owners of the Airbnb and I said listen you know I'm a pastor we've got a guest preacher coming and I just I'm not comfortable putting him someplace there for his family that I haven't seen so is there any way you'd let me come and of course they responded well Airbnb policy is we can't do that but we'll make an exception for you thank you very much so we set up a time to go sister Angie and I went and and uh, we we were right on just just south of uh, Harbor Center on the right side. This old house that um, that had been redone. They, they open the door. We walk in, and I mean it's it's like you know it's like one of those HGTV houses. That old house, but the inside just completely like brand new kitchen. Really nice place. I'm like this might work until they took us to show us the upstairs where the Airbnb was. You had to come in and out of their house where they're living. You know what? Y'all have a really nice place. But no thanks. And there's Airbnb. They do, they, they, you can rent a room. People are in it. You rent a room. Only way I'm renting that room is I got a gun beside me. I, <laughs> if I'm in the house, you're out of the house. Let me tell you something, God is not interested in being roommates with anybody in your life. I said God's not interested in being roommates with somebody else. He's not interested in being a tenant with other tenants in your life. In fact, He's not in it, interested in even being a renter. He's got one expectation. Present yourself. Give up ownership. Let me take control. That's the only way. Hide not your face from me, God. Don't cause the angels to not recognize me. But I can pray that prayer all I want to. But if I go live in a life making decisions and choices contrary then God's going to turn away. And the angels, I don't know you. I don't know you. You want to argue what's okay to watch, what's okay to listen to, what's not a big deal? Just, just, just argue all you want, but just please answer me the question. Is God's face toward you while you're listening? is God's face towards you while you're watching. And if you're willing to risk that in that moment of time, however long it is, that the angels have backed away, and God's got His face turned away from you, if you're willing to take the gamble that nothing's going to go wrong in those moments, so be it. But the world we're in today, I'm going to say it again, you, 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 you are a fool. The moment you step out of your door, 
You ought to be ha- you you need the confidence. God's face is on me. God's face is toward me because if God's face is toward me, his eyes are on me. And if his eyes are on me, he knows what's going on. And if he knows what's going on, he's ordering my steps and he's got me covered. He's got me protected. And then there are ministering spirits that he's also using on my behalf. What, Paul says, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Probably millions, I would guess, maybe more than that, but I'm pretty sure millions of dollars are spent every year to keep pests out of houses. First year ever in our marriage, we pay in this year for it. We've had spiders the last several years. We can get rid of the spiders, sure, we'll pay. Isn't it amazing the effort we'll go through to keep things out of our physical houses? And then open the door wide to our spiritual house. What did, what did Brother, what did, I know he said, I think he must have said it this week because I saw it posted somewhere. What did Brother, Brother Robles say this morning, what you look at? is what you'll lust for. What you put before your eyes is what's going to draw you. What you look at, you will lust after. What's the Scripture say? Set your eyes, set your affections on things above. If I'm going to be drawn to what my eyes are looking at, I want to be drawn to things that are not of this world, but the things that are of the kingdom of God, the things that are in alignment with the Word of God. Or Samuel 15, 22. I know it's 8 o'clock. I'll try to quit here quickly. Or Samuel 15, 22. Listen to what the Lord says. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of, our, of rams. God just, God just, He's not interested in your great offerings. He's not interested in your great, look at all I've done for you, God. He's saying, I, I just want you to be obedient. I just want simple obedience. All I'm looking for is for you to be obedient. God values your obedience more than your sacrifice. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Do you know what? The devil is really not pressed for you to abandon all truth. He, he's really not pressed for you to abandon all truth of the Word of God. He's not. He is okay with you holding on to some truths of the Word of God as long as... He can get you to let some of his ideology in. 
He, he's okay if he doesn't completely push God out of your life if you'll just let him have some space in your life. God's the one that's not satisfied with anything less than all. But the devil knows if I can just have a place and you'll let me stay in that place, I'm okay with that. Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I've used it before. In fact, I think it used it just recently at some point. But if I had one tiny drop of sewage in a syringe and put it in this bottle, it would not matter that three quarters Two-thirds of this is clean water. One drop, and you would say, no way. I'm good. No, thank you. Why? Because a little bit of impure causes the pure to be impure. Here's what's amazing. The flip side is this. If I had the same amount of sewage and dropped a drop of pure, clean water, what does that change? Wait a minute. One little drop of sewage, you're done with all the pure. Shouldn't it work the other way? No. So here's the deal. The unclean always contaminates the clean. The only way to be pure is to get rid of all of the impurities. How much, how much can I allow in and still be saved? How much can I allow in and still make it to heaven? How much compromise can I have and still have revival on a campus? How much, how much compromise can I live with and still lead a P7 and see souls say, how much compromise can I live with and be a deacon or an elder? How much compromise can I live with and be a man or a woman of God? How much? Can, none! None! That's why repentance needs to happen in our lives on a daily basis. There needs to be some point in our lives every day where we say what the psalmist said. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting because every moment, every day that goes by that I let more and more accumulate, the harder it is to get it out. Oh, Jesus. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. What does the scripture have to say about witchcraft? Listen to Leviticus 19.31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 20 and 5. Then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people and the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards do go a, to go a whoring after them I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people 
Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. For I am the Lord your God, and you shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. The Message Bible says, verse 6, this way, I will resolutely reject persons who dabble in the occult or traffic with mediums, prostituting themselves in their practices. I will cut them off from their people. This is, I forget which chapter this is. I messed up my notes. But ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy and have severed you from other people, that you should be mine. A man also or a woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Deuteronomy 18.10 There shall not be found among you any of them, any one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire or that useth, div- div- useth divination or observer of times or enchanter or a witch or a charmer, a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Isaiah eight nineteen and will they and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Amplified says it this way, And when the people, instead of putting their trust in God, shall say to you, Consult for direction mediums and wizards who chirp and mutter, should not a people seek and consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? Why are you going someplace outside of this book to get the answers and the direction that you need? There is only one source, not only of eternal life, but really there's only one source of how to live this life. I don't need to go someplace else to teach me how to live a life that is pleasing to God. I don't need to go someplace else to help me understand the principles of the Word of God. I don't need to be mixing in because of the angels. If you're willing to take the risk and live a life, I I know I said it already, I'm going to say it again. You don't like this? There's plenty of other places. There's probably some places that are closer to your house than this church is that are more convenient to go to. And if you don't like this and that's what you want, go there. But I just hope and pray what you get there is enough to get you there. And I'm sorry, but the more I hear and the more I see, I don't think most of what's being told people is enough to get them there. Because a lot of what's being told people is it's okay to mix. It's okay to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that mixed in. Oh, yes, and guess what? You're attracting angels, but it's not the angels that you want to attract. What that sign say that attracted that guy? Do you need a miracle? How big was it, approximately? Just, just. Do you need a miracle? Here's the problem. We got anything comparable to that? Handy? Uh, whatever. The, the, the devil doesn't show up. Come on, Andrew, do this. I'm the devil. I want you to do this. Come on, Andrew, go there. I'm the devil. Do it. 
No. No. If he did, what would we do? You're crazy. Get out of here. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. So that's not the way he comes. What was was the animal that represented him in the garden? Serpent. What does a serpent do? Slithers. Slides his way in. Devil's not Tigger. (laughs) Sneaks his way in. He doesn't show up at your front door. I've come to invade your house. I've come to slip in with my stuff. I've come to take up. He doesn't do that. He chips away. He chips away. He chips away. A little bit of compromise here. A little bit of letting down there. A little bit of opening. I'm not going to go all the way. I'm just going to let a little bit in. He's good enough with a little bit getting in. Oh, God. You know, Brother McGurk, this sure seems like a crazy way to cap off your week, but sit around and we argue and debate over what's okay for us as Christians to do and get away with. Well, because of the angels, because of the angels, you might want to take a step back and reconsider some things. Because if you're doing those things because of the angels, you may be cutting off the ministering spirits that God designed and intended to minister on your behalf. I'm going to say it again. I believe according to the Word of God and other things outside of what I've read here tonight that the ministering spirits of God are constantly working for us and with us and on our behalf. You may never feel them. You may never see them. I told you already, I know what the presence of angels feel like. But I don't feel angels all the time. But I believe that if I am an heir of salvation and by the help and grace of God, and I know we all fall, a righteous man falls. I'm not talking about making, never making a mistake. I'm not preaching to you tonight about being perfect. But I'm preaching to you about the conscious decisions that we make to entertain things in our lives and let things in our lives... As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can't, you can't listen to that garbage and it not affect you. You can't watch stuff promoting stuff. Do you know why? Do you know one of the, not the only reason, but do you know one of the reasons why that, we, that, that homosexuality has become so accepted in our culture and in our world? Because for decades, for decades... It's been gradually introduced to us through TV and movies. Initially, it was just a brief moment, a brief scene of a homosexual couple. Until it reaches the point that now entire shows and entire movies are all about it. And society says, "Eh, it's okay. Why? 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 Because we let a little bit in. What you laugh at you will eventually accept. You may laugh at it right now, but it's just wearing down your defenses and the enemy's just taking a look. The enemy, you, you, you got to understand, I, I come, come somebody come and start playing at least 
act like I'm quitting. The devil is completely content to not take over your whole life tonight. In fact, he's fine with a step. Stay in there for a while because he knows if you continue allow him to have that territory, it won't be too long before he takes another step. He's okay with that because he knows if you'll let him stay around long enough at that point, you'll eventually allow him to take another step. Some of y'all have had snakes in your houses. God is so good to me. As I'm telling you, I don't think this is an exaggeration. If I ever saw a snake inside my house, within 24 hours there'd be a for sale sign up in the yard. I don't care if you got the snake out. I don't care. Once it was in there, that's too much for me. God have mercy. Why? 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 Why would we live with that kind of an attitude natural, with natural things? Why would we live in a natural realm and never tolerate critters getting in our house? Let's get rid of the spiders. Let's get rid of the mice. Let's get rid of the ants. Last night, my wife looked over at the counter. She says, oh my goodness, the counter's moving. Twenty, thirty ants just all over the place. Had already been to the store earlier that day, got some ant traps and got some outdoor ant spray. But I ran back to the store in that moment. I got more spray. This is my house. I don't care how small you are, you're not staying in my house. Why do we do that with natural things? With natural things. And then with this temple that God wants to dwell in. We want Him to accept stuff. Anybody that would be willing to lay down in your bed tonight knowing, knowing that somewhere in your bedroom there's a snake. We got, we got neighbors. Our neighbors told us we were having hors d'oeuvres with them a couple years ago on their back porch. They told there's a previous house they lived in. There was a snake that was periodically in the house. And they would, t- they would know it was in the house because pictures and stuff on the mantle of the fireplace would be bumped and moved out of place. You know what's interesting? Somebody hear me. I know I've gone long tonight. I know, I know, I know. Do you know what was interesting? The man would take that snake, drive a little ways from the house, and drop him off. And guess what happened? Within a matter of a couple of days or weeks, Stuff on the mantle was moved. I don't remember how many times. There were several times they said they did that. 
I think he said each time he kind of went a little farther than the last time. And every time, somebody hear me. Every time, because it it had been allowed in. Because it had been allowed in at one point. Every time he made his way back. Sorry if you're a snake conservator, but if it was my house, I'd be selling it. But before I sold it, I'd have it outside with the shovel. Because the only way to make sure you get rid of it is you got to cut the head off. And there's some people in this place tonight, I plead with you in the Holy Ghost, stop taking the snake out of your house down the street a little ways and dropping it off and going back home. It's time to cut the head off. It's time to make sure that it's gone once and for all. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Somebody, somebody, please. I beg somebody, please respond to the word of the Lord tonight. Somebody, please respond. I don't know who you are. I don't know who God's talking to. And it's probably more than one person. But there's some people in this place tonight that I know God is trying to get your attention. It's not because he's mad at you. It's not because he's angry with you. It's because he loves you. He's got his face turned from you, but he doesn't want to keep his face turned from you. That's not who he is. That's not his nature. His nature is to put his countenance on you. His nature is to turn his face toward you, not away away from you. If you need to go, you can go. If you want to go, you can go. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'll tell you what Brother Isaac just told me he felt. There's some of you that are older in this place and you're just writing it off and God's talking to the young people. God's talking to the teenagers and the young adults. I beg you, don't do that. I beg you, don't do that. There's never a point in our lives that we are beyond the enemy trying to creep his way in. There's never a point in our lives that the enemy is not trying to still get a foothold in our lives. The battle never stops. He never gives up. Oh, come on. There's some of you young people and young adults. God has done some awesome things to you and through you this last couple of days. But it's what, but God wants it to be sustainable. He doesn't want it just to be a momentary experience. He doesn't want it to just be a one-time thing. He wants there to be longevity in your ministry, in your walk with Him. 
Come on. Come on, please hear me. This isn't the only motive and reason. You ought to know that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in the context of this message tonight, because of the angels, because of the angels, because of the angels, you need to be in submission to God. Because of the angels, you need to live a life of purity and holiness. Because of the angels so that they can recognize you so that they are free to work on your behalf search us God show us God show us God if there's any area in our lives we've given over to the enemy that we've allowed the enemy to get a foothold in if there's any areas with the enemy we're justifying and allowing we turn our eyes from me do you want really want what God's got for you? Do you really want to be everything God's calling you to be? Do you really want God to use you the way in which He wants to use you? Then you've got to make sure. You've got to make sure you've got a life purity that you're living before him sold out not trying to live a life of compromise how much how much can i get away with how much can i have in my life and still be saved how much can i get away with and still go to heaven is it really worth the risk is it really worth the gamble we turn Come on. You got to protect your house. You're a temple of the Holy Ghost. You've got to protect your house. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Protect that house. You've been given the privilege of being a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Protect the house. And give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls. Oh, yes. Those clean hands. God, let us be pure hearts. A generation clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Seeks your hands. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Seeks your Give us clean hands. Oh God, let us be Give us pure hearts. It's reasonable, God. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. In this world we're living in, it's reasonable for the protection it affords us. It's reasonable for the provisions that it affords us. It's reasonable for the protection that it gives us, God. Let us know. Oh God, I don't want the I don't want the angels that I'm trying to rebuke. I don't want the demons that I'm trying to rebuke asking who I am. I wanna be known. I wanna be known by you, God. I wanna be known by your angelic host, and I want the rulers of this world, the kingdom of darkness, to know who I am, God. Come on, don't just take the snake out of your house again. Don't just take the snake out of your house another time. 
Cut his head off, cut his head off, cut his head off, cut his head off. We bow our hearts. Come on, I need some, I need some intercessors. Come on, I need some intercessors for a few moments here. Just right where you are. You don't need to go pray with somebody unless you feel to do that. But come on, there's there's some there's some there's some souls. There's some souls that are in the balance tonight. There's some people in this place that God has some great plans for. There's some people in this place that God wants to do some great things through their lives. But the enemy, the enemy has found out a way to get a foothold. Let us not I want to be in submission to you, God. I want to be in submission to you, God, because of the angels, because of what it, it, it affords me, because of what it gives me access to. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable, it's not unreasonable God. God, I want to be an heir of salvation that has everything available to me that you've provided, everything you've offered. I want to be an heir of salvation that ministering spirits can freely minister to. I want to be an heir of salvation that ministering spirits and your spirit is comfortable being with me, being around me. Oh God, I don't want to do things that cause you to turn your face from me. God, I don't want to put you in a position of turning your face from me because of my iniquity, because of my sin. That's not what you want to do. That's not what you desire. You want your face to be toward me. You want your favor to be towards me, God. Forgive me for putting you in the position of turning your face away. Forgive me, God, for forcing you to turn your face from me. I want your spirit, I want your ministering spirits to be at home in my life. I want the enemy to be unwelcome. I want the enemy to know that there is no room, not even the slightest room for him to be able to take a foothold in my life, God. As we heard this morning, I want to be a gate for heaven. I want to be a gate for heaven. I don't want to become a gate of hell. 
I don't want to become a gate for hell to have access in and out of. I want to be a gate of heaven. I want to be a gate in which the Spirit of God can flow in and out of freely. I want to be a gate that angels can come in and out of freely. Come on, protect your house. Protect your house. Again, I'm talking about you individually. I'm not talking about your home right now. I'm not talking about your family right now. I'm talking about you as an individual. Make up your mind to protect your house. It's not my main motive, God. It's not the primary thing to drive me, but because of the angels, because of the angels, so that they can work on my behalf as you direct them, so that they can minister on my behalf as you lead them, God. Ramande Ilamando roboko seye aratabahai. Ayaramando loboko riamanda haseye ki eratabahai. The enemy wants to say it's unreasonable. The enemy wants to say it's too much of a price to pay. But oh, my friend, oh, my friend what God's plans are, what God's design is for you. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Again, whenever you need to go or want to go, I'm not dismissing it this point I don't intend to dismiss this service tonight at any point so I believe the things that have been testified of that have happened this week and other things that we've heard testimonies that God is doing it's only the beginning it's only the beginning. We've got to be in a position. We've got to, we've got to have our lives in a place where the Spirit of God and the ministering spirits of God are free to work with us and for us. God's Spirit is free to work through us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Caramando lo bosse e yarala.